Hey everybody, this is Kylie Gable, and welcome to another episode of the Feminization Boudoir Podcast. It's my black cloud, folks. You're all just living under it. It has been a rough, let's say, three weeks, and it uh, the hits just keep coming. I don't want to bore you with details, but let's just say I am about $17,000 poorer than I should be right now because of a payment I didn't get and because of having to buy a new air conditioning. So if you are inclined to be buying any audios, I would sure appreciate it. Uh, if you notice, we don't have the commercial at the beginning of the podcast anymore where I tell you how you can make a great podcast with Anchor. That's because their sponsorship, it comes and it goes. Hopefully it'll be back soon. But the difference between making it and not making it for me is, is it's about $100 a month when that audio is playing. So, not having it, ouch. And, um, you know, I know that, you know, it's it's not about, you know, making a ton of money doing this. It's not why I do this. But money helps. It, it lets me buy groceries and things. So, if you're inclined to buy an audio, I'd really, really appreciate it. I would. Um, and also, speaking of buying audios, um, we had a problem with entering the the first episode of Surprise Sissification, and it wound up just getting stuck in pending all week. That's now been fixed, and the second episode is up there already. So if you're enjoying this series as read by Shayla, please check it out at Clips for Sale. All right, as I said, the second part of that series is coming right up, and um, this is about half, about half of the second part. Another great reading from Shayla. I hope you like it. It's Surprise Sissification, Part 2. Surprise Sissification, Part 2. Written by Kylie Gable and Claudia Acosta. Narrated by Shayla Aspasia. It had only been a few days since the girls had tricked him into getting dolled up and took those horrible blackmail pictures of him. All week long, the pictures were showing up on his phone. They had him by the short and curlies, and he knew it. He sat down to lunch in the cafeteria with his friends, Nick and Jerry. Even with all that was on his mind, the boys were focusing on their gaming guild and a raid that they were planning. They were lost in the gaming conversation when Katerina, Lana, and Amber walked over to their table. My, your arms are so silky smooth, said Amber. That'll come in very handy today. Hi, ladies, said Jerry, trying to be smooth, but immediately put in his place by the three chilling faces. Well, what's today? asked Tom. You're coming to my place after school, said Katerina. I'm afraid I can't, said Tom. We have plans. No, we don't, said Nick. We can go over to Kat's place. Maybe next time, said Amber. That would be a sight, agreed Lana. We'll see you at 3.30, and you better not be late, Kaylee, warned Lana swiping the cupcake off Tom's tray. The guys watched the three girls turn their backs and walk away from the table 
before turning their attention to Tom. Man, they want you to come to Cat's house? You've got to bring us with you, said Jerry. You heard them, said Nick. They don't want us there. Um, he's right, agreed Tom. You could put in a good word for us, so we'll be invited next time, suggested Nick. I'll see what I can do, guys, but it's complicated, replied Tom. Why did they call you Kaylee? asked Jerry. That was K.O. Lee. Like in Bruce Lee's plus knockouts, lied Tom. You don't know Kung Fu, protested Jerry. No, but they don't know that, said Nick. Our friend Tom here is really smooth. It's nothing, guys, said Tom. Let's get back to talking about the raid. Tom hated feeling that his friends could find out about his ultimate shame. It was no different at 18 or in his late 20s. The girls held all the cards right now, and if they wanted him to do anything, his only choice was whether to do it or risk public humiliation. Hey, wake up, Sleeping Beauty, shouted Lana. Sorry, said Tom. My mind was elsewhere. That's okay, Princess, said Melissa, zipping Tom into her sexiest dress. As long as your body is here, I'm happy. Isn't this a bit much, asked Tom, looking down at the green-ribbed cross-strap bodycon dress she was putting him in. Relax, said Lana. You're going to be wearing so much worse tonight. Melissa will never run out of sexy clothes, that's for sure. What was wrong with the purple dress I was just wearing, complained Tom. First off, it's violet, not purple, silly, replied Melissa. Secondly, we already had plenty of pictures of you wearing it. Oh, come on, whined Tom. I'm afraid she's right. You might as well get used to the fact that there will be pictures of you in about two dozen outfits before we're done. And you'll be posing, said Lana. Posing, clapped Melissa. Tom looked her in the eyes and sighed, shaking his head. Against his better judgment, he relented. He expected the sort of thing from Lana, but Melissa's betrayal hurt the most. He finally agreed to just go ahead and pose as she took pictures of him with her camera. It started with simple pictures of him and Melissa's outfits, but then it got complicated. Play with your breasts through your bra. Blow a kiss to the camera. Run your fingers through your hair. Face that wall and put your leg on the chair, said Lana, giving him direction. Now put your hands around your leg like you're adjusting your pantyhose and look at me over your shoulder with a big smile. Melissa had found a cherry Tootsie Pop that matched the dress he was wearing and had him lick it suggestively while Lana snapped away with her camera. It felt like the more he cooperated, the more elaborate the posing instructions got. The worst one was that Melissa came up with Tom was wearing a little pink dress and lying on his stomach. He was pretending to read a copy of Cosmo, with his legs bent up at a 90-degree angle, and his heel dangling from his foot. He looked back over his shoulder at the camera with a carefree expression. He was now a pinup girl. Tom couldn't believe how many sexy little outfits Melissa owned. 
and he couldn't help thinking of what might have been. He would have loved nothing more than to have her modeling all her sexy things for him, but somehow it was now the other way around. Lana and Melissa had noticed that Tom had stopped resisting so strongly. He just wanted to get this impromptu modeling session over with so he could finally leave. Melissa continued to be sweet and almost flirty with him, but Lana left no doubt who was in charge here and who the bitch was. I think he's modeling everything I own worth modeling, said Melissa. I think you're right. We need to get him some of his own clothes, agreed Lana. Oh, a shopping trip, cheered Melissa. Great, sounds like a lot of fun, deadpanned Tom. Can I change back into my clothes now? Wow, did you suddenly grow balls or something, Tom? asked Lana. You know that's not how you speak to us. I'm sorry, said Tom. I just want to go. Well, we're not done with you yet, said Lana. Why not? I did what you asked me to, protested Tom. That was just so we could have some dirt on you so we could restart your training, said Lana. I have to work tomorrow, he objected. Here's the thing, said Melissa. You told me how you're a freelancer now. So I hardly think anybody knows what you're doing. Secondly, I saw how you were on our date. There is no way you can tell me that you didn't have plans to spend the night if you got a chance. Well, now you've got the chance. Your only choice now is if whether you want to sleep in one of Melissa's sexy nighties or wearing what you have on now, said Lana with a chilling calmness. The nightie will be much more comfortable for you, assured Melissa. At least something should be comfortable, said Lana, picking up the rope that had previously bound Tom. Melissa helped Tom change into her black and pink baby doll. She was giddy like a girl hosting a slumber party. Tom felt pretty ridiculous, but he knew that he had no choice other than to comply. Unfortunately, Lana had already proven strong enough and determined enough to keep him here and that was without all the blackmail that he had just given her. Tom wasn't happy, but after he changed, he allowed Melissa to help him into her bed, where Lana proceeded to hogtie him very securely. Realizing that Tom was cooperating, she decided to detach his ankles from his wrist. He was still helpless, but she thought it would make it a lot easier to get some sleep. Lana turned out the light as she left, and Lana jumped into the bed herself. Like Tom, she was wearing a sexy nightie, only hers was all black. I think I like this, purred Melissa. Normally, I wouldn't want to sleep with a guy on our first date. We're not exactly sleeping together, said Tom. Maybe not the way you want to, but we're definitely sleeping together, said Melissa, moving into spooning position with Tom and dangling her arm over his shoulder. Can you please just untie me, begged Tom. I promise not to run. I think I like you like this, cooed Melissa. I know that I can trust you this way. This is kidnapping, you know, said Tom. I'm going to be straight with you, Tom, replied Melissa. Suddenly changing subjects. You need to watch out for Lana. I know that. No, I mean you really need to watch out. She told me the most fun thing she ever had in her life was bullying you in high school. And now that she has you back in her clutches, 
thanks to you. I didn't have a choice. She's my roommate, and when she saw you reply to me, her eyes got big, and she couldn't wait to trap you again. You could have refused, said Tom. Do you really think I could, knowing Lana? Do you really think so? Maybe not, said Tom, but this has to end. You can't just keep me tied here. I'll try and get her to realize that we can't hold you prisoner here forever. But you have to cooperate. If you set her off, then she's going to be too pissed to listen to reason. I'll try. That's all I can ask, said Melissa, planting a soft kiss on Tom's cheek. Maybe it was for the emotional exhaustion of the night, but for some reason, despite the awkward position he was tied in, Tom did drift off to sleep. Tom knew that showing up to Kat's place was a big mistake, even if Nick and Jerry would have traded anything to take his place. He knew those girls wanted to humiliate him, and they had the ability to do it. Tom felt his mouth getting dry and his hands getting sweaty as he rang the doorbell and waited for an answer. "'Come in, Tom. We're running a bath for you,' said Kat." I think the other girls would have been very upset with you had you been late and let the water get cold. Why are they running a bath? asked Tom. Come along and see, replied Cat, cheerfully closing the door. Cat led him to her bathroom, which was bigger than his parents' master bath. Amber, Melissa, Lana, and a new girl he didn't know were already waiting for him with huge grins on their faces. Hey, sweet cheeks, this is Nikki. She couldn't believe we had our very own sissy, and so we promised her she could see for herself, announced Lana. Hi, said Tom. Don't you know how to curtsy yet? asked the new girl. What an excellent idea, agreed Kat. Maybe after her bubble bath. Take off your clothes, Tom, instructed Lana. We can't keep calling her Tom, said Amber. Another great suggestion agreed Melissa. What are you waiting for? asked Lana, pulling Tom's shirt up over his head. Wait, protested Tom, but it's too late. Lana was already pulling down his pants. Relax, said Cat. Nobody cares about your tiny thing. We just can't bathe you if you're dressed. Once Tom's clothes had been removed, he couldn't get into the tub fast enough, where at least the bubbles would give him some cover. It was awkward for four girls to shave one boy at once. Belana did his left leg while Melissa did his right. Amber and Nikki each took care of an arm. Tom wanted to cry. He was a late bloomer, and it had taken forever for him to grow in. Even at 18, he barely had much body hair at all. But what he had was soon to be flowing down the drain. "'Nobody got his chest,' observed Cat. "'You could have done it,' replied Melissa. "'There was not enough room for all five of us to shave him at once,' said Cat. "'I know,' said Nikki. "'Why not have the sissy do it herself?' "'That's an excellent idea,' agreed Amber. "'Soon Cat had spread shaving cream all over Tom's chest "'and handed him a pink razor to remove what hair he had.' 
Soft, gentle strokes, starting from the outside and working in, ordered Cat. Tom took the razor and shaved until the last of his chest hair was removed. He was now just as hairless as any of the girls in the bathroom. He felt even more emasculated than he did when they dressed him up. He didn't think that was possible. Now stand up, ordered Lana. I'm naked, replied Tom. We've been over this before, said Lana crossly. Nobody cares. We really don't, agreed Amber. Now stand up, repeated Lana. Reluctantly, Tom did as he was told, while trying to cover his genitals with his hands. Now raise your pretty little arms high in the air, said Melissa, holding the shower hose. I'm going to rinse you off and see just how good of a job we did. As the suds were washed off of Tom's naked body, he could see that he was now completely hairless. He thought he looked like a child as Amber squirted a sizable amount of lotion into her hands and began rubbing it into Tom's whole body. He felt helpless, but he knew the girls weren't done yet. Morning came harshly to Tom, though he was exhausted enough to succumb to his body's need for restoration. Sleeping with his hands and feet bound wasn't easy. He awoke just after 5 a.m. and realized that Melissa was still holding him tight to her. He lay there enjoying the way she felt and the way she smelt, even the way her long hair felt against his bare shoulders. If this was slavery, he could almost get used to it. But he knew soon that Lana would be up and things would be changing rapidly. It was only 6 o'clock when Lana entered the bedroom. Melissa was still sleeping. Tom hated the way she looked at him, like he was totally below them, and he was lucky that she was even allowing him to serve her. "'Wake up, bitch. 6 a.m., and it's time to get the house ready,' said Lana, dragging the groggy sissy up to his feet. It was a rough wake-up call, and though he was no longer sleeping, she was still none too gentle. "'From here out, it's going to fall to you to get this place in order, so get moving.' chop chop there are some clothes waiting on the hamper in the guest bathroom take a shower and shave first you have 15 minutes and i expect to see you dressed and waiting kneeling at the top of the stairs don't be a single minute late or you will regret it um replied tom not knowing what to say oh i suppose i need to untie you i still don't recommend trying anything stupid everything is locked and you really don't want to give us an incentive to use all that delicious blackmail. You were kind enough to give us last night, added Lana. Tom hurried to the bathroom. Fifteen minutes would be barely enough time to get showered and dressed into men's clothing. And he had a pretty good idea that he would not be changing into men's clothing. In fact, when he got to the bathroom, his worst fears had been realized. On top of the hamper was a frothy lace black and white French maid's dress. He was so tempted to make a run for it, but he knew she'd make good on her promise to make him regret it. Following a much too quick shower, Tom dried himself off with a soft, fluffy pink towel. No hair had grown back since yesterday, but he touched up his face just in case he started getting a five o'clock shadow. He had a feeling that five o'clock shadows were not allowed, 
He stared at the uniform as if it might swallow him whole. But his reluctance was put aside when he realized he was in danger of being late if he didn't hurry up. He grabbed the bikini-cut white frilly panties and quickly put them on. The next item was the white overbust corset. He had little knowledge of how to wear the garment, but he was able to figure out how to slip his arms through the straps and then fasten up the front. The corset's edge in a deep white lace ruffle. The corset already felt tight, but he was sure Lana would make it much worse when she inspected him. Having threaded the long suspender straps of the corset through his panties, he attached them to the dark welt at the tops of the sheer black stockings that Lana had been thoughtful enough to include on the hamper. With stockings attached, Tom stepped into a short white petticoat of several frilly white layers, which was pulled up to his waist and tied tight at the back. Tom couldn't get over how the corset grabbed the skin of his chest upwards and inwards, creating an impression of cleavage. He had solid B-cups without even adding in breast forms. He stepped into the short black silk dress. It had more ruffled layers of white petticoats sewn inside so that the full skirt flared outwards to show the white underskirts, hiding his feet from his own view. The white lace of the corset lined the simple neckline of the dress, which was zipped up the back, then hidden from view by a button panel of two rows of buttons. The final item to add to the ensemble was a pair of shiny black leather pumps. They had a three-inch heel, which was modest compared to some of the shoes, but these would be inspected to clean in. He put on the same wig and raced to show Lana his work. You're five minutes late, said Lana, obviously waiting for him. I can already see that your wig is crooked and your corset isn't tight enough. I suppose some mistresses don't care if their sissies wear makeup to clean, but I'm not one of those mistresses. You will have to learn to do all of these things and more. You will do this job properly. Is that understood? Yeah. Yeah, she was asked, slapping him across the right cheek. That's yes, Mistress Lana. Yes, Mistress Lana. You have a lot to learn. I'm only giving you a break because we haven't had time to teach you. I do wish you had paid more attention back in school, said Lana. Lift up your dress and show me that you scrubbed and shaved yourself nice and clean, demanded Lana. Yes, Mistress Lana, said Tom, raising his skirt and petticoat. Good, you either touched up very well or didn't grow any hair back, she said, grabbing a pink phallic device and handing it to Tom. Now put this on. Don't stand there and look stupid. Let's know what that's for. Maybe the shape gives you a clue. No, Mistress Lana. It's a cock cage, you idiot. Worthless little sausage goes in there and it prevents all those disgusting erections that you use to take for granted. Not anymore, you don't. From here on out, you're going to practically have to do backflips to get let out, let alone orgasm ever. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Anyway, let's get this on and you can pretend that you're a good little sissy maid who doesn't have a dick, tiny or not. Click. Just like that. Lana had locked his cock up. It only occurred to him that it was yet another piece of control. 
Even though the cage was pink, it looked sturdy, and he sure didn't want to have somebody work on that close to his manhood with a power saw. Even you have to admit, your puny thing is so much better, looking when it's tucked away under some metal. And the cage pushes it down, so even if you start to chub up a little bit, it doesn't really peek up from underneath your little dress. It's perfect. I like it. Now go start the coffee and cut up some fruit. I'm always up early, but Melissa will be ready for her breakfast in about 30 minutes. Chop, chop. Yes, Mistress Lana, said Tom, following behind her to the kitchen. I'll sit and drink my coffee while you work, girl. Be sure you clean up the kitchen so it's all pretty. Once you've been properly trained, you won't even need to be told, said Lana. How long am I going to have to do this, Mistress Lana? I don't like questions, Princess. However, I don't think it'll be that much longer. As I said, Mistress Melissa will be ready for breakfast within half an hour. After that, I have my book, and I'm going to sit in whatever room you're cleaning to supervise. I expect you to dust and wipe all the surfaces, shine the floors on your knees, and put everything away where it's supposed to be. If you stop cleaning or start crying like a whiny little bitch, well, that's why I have the riding crop next to my hand. Don't make me look up for my book. I want the house tidied up. After that, you can make dinner. If you don't cause any problems, you will be able to eat then as well. I hope you enjoyed that. That was part two of Surprise Vacation as read by Shayla Aspasia. Um, next week, we are going to have Mistress DJ reading a story, and uh, that story is The Feminized Librarian, and what makes it really cool is she wrote that thing. I edited it, but, but the writing is, is totally hers, so it's kind of cool having uh, one of my doms reading you know, her own writing. Uh, I'm working with uh, Raina on doing one of these, and... I know that Jen and uh, Shayla are also, so we're going to have eventually a story read by the Dom who wrote it, and that's going to be for all the Doms who normally read on this podcast. So I'm looking forward to it. I will be here next week. I hope you will be too. Um, July is almost here. Wow. All right. Take it easy. See you next week.